0: Le'olam Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpochah. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Sunday, August the 6th it is prophesied in the book of amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land not a famine for food but a famine for the word of god as it is written in amos eight eleven to 13 behold the days come says the lord god that i will send a famine in the land not a famine of bread nor thirst for water but of hearing the words of the lord and they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even to the east they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the lord and shall not find it Even in the days of Joseph, there were seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is 20 minutes every day of pure Scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation Today we begin a new Torah portion, Re, and it means see. Deuteronomy 11:26 to 12:10. See, this day I set before you blessing and curse. Blessing if you obey the commandments of Hashem your God that I enjoin upon you this day, and curse if you do not obey the commandments of Hashem your God, but turn away from the path that I enjoin upon you this day and follow other gods whom you have not experienced. When Hashem your God brings you into the land that you are about to enter and possess, you shall pronounce the blessing at Mount Gerizim and the curse at Mount Gibal. Both are on the other side of the Jordan, beyond the west road that is in the land of the Canaanites, who dwell in the Arabah, near Gilgal, by the Terabins of Morah. For you are about to cross the Jordan to enter and possess the land that Hashem your God is assigning to you. When you have occupied it and are settled in it, take care to observe all the laws and rules that I have set before you this day. These are the laws and rules that you must carefully observe in the land that HaShem, God of your fathers, is giving you to possess as long as you live on earth. You must destroy all the sites at which the nations you are to dispossess worshiped their gods, whether on lofty mountains and on hills or under any luxuriant tree. Tear down their altars, smash their pillars, put their sacred posts to the fire, and cut down the images of their gods, obliterating their name from that site. Do not worship Hashem your God in like manner, but look only to the site that Hashem your God will choose amidst all your tribes as His habitation to establish His name there. There you are to go, and there you are to bring your burnt offerings and other sacrifices, your tithes and contributions, your votive and free will offerings, and the firstlings of your herds and flocks. Together with your households you shall feast there before Hashem your God, happy in all the undertakings in which Hashem your God has blessed you. You shall not act at all as we now act here, every man as he pleases, because you have not yet come to the allotted haven that Hashem your God is giving you. When you cross the Jordan and settle in the land that Hashem your God is allotting to you, and he grants you safety from all your enemies around you, and you live in security. Ezra three one to four twenty three. When the seventh month arrived, the Israelites being settled in their towns, the entire people assembled as one man in Jerusalem. Then Jeshua, son of Jozadak, and his brother Kohanim and Zerubbabel, son of Shiltiel, and his brothers set to and built the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings upon it, as is written in the teaching of Moses, the man of Hashem. They set up the altar on its site because they were in fear of the peoples of the land, and they offered burnt offerings on it to HaShem, burnt offerings each morning and evening. Then they celebrated the festival of Sukkot, as is written, with its daily burnt offerings in the proper quantities on each day as is prescribed for it followed by the regular burnt offering and the offerings for the new moons and for all the sacred fixed times of HaShem, and whatever free will offerings were made to HaShem. From the first day of the seventh month, they began to make burnt offerings to HaShem, though the foundation of the temple of HaShem had not been laid. They paid the hewers and craftsmen with money and the Sidonians and Tyrians with food, drink, and oil to bring cedar wood from Lebanon by sea to Jaffo in accordance with the authorization granted them by King Cyrus of Persia. In the second year after their arrival at the house of Hashem, at Jerusalem in the second month, Zerubbabel son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua son of Josedak, and the rest of their brother Kohanim and Leviim, and all who had come from captivity to Jerusalem, as their first step, appointed Leviim from the age of twenty and upward to supervise the work of the house of HaShem. Jeshua, his sons and brothers, Cadmiel and his sons, The sons of Yehudah together were appointed in charge of those who did the work in the house of Hashem. Also the sons of Hanadad, their sons and brother Leviim. When the builders had laid the foundation of the temple of Hashem, Kohanim in their vestments with trumpets, and Leviim sons of Asaph with cymbals were stationed to give praise to Hashem, as King David of Israel had ordained. They sang songs extolling and praising HaShem, for He is good. His steadfast love for Israel is eternal. And all the people raised a great shout, extolling HaShem, because the foundation of the house of HaShem had been laid. Many of the Kohanim and Leviim and the chiefs of the clans, the old men who had seen the first house, wept loudly at the sight of the founding of this house. Many others shouted joyously at the top of their voices. The people could not distinguish the shouts of joy from the people's weeping, for the people raised a great shout, and the sound of which could be heard from afar. When the adversaries of Yehuda and Benjamin heard that the returned exiles were building a temple to the God of Israel. They approached Zerubbabel and the chiefs of the clans and said to them, Let us build with you, since we too worship your God, having offered sacrifices to him since the time of King Esarhaddon of Assyria, who brought us here. Zerubbabel, Jeshua, and the rest of the chiefs of the clans of Israel answered them, It is not for you and us, to build a house to our God, but we alone will build it to God of Israel in accordance with the charge that the king, King Cyrus of Persia, laid upon us. Thereupon the people of the land undermined the resolve of the people of Yehuda and made them afraid to build. They bribed ministers in order to thwart their plans all the years of King Cyrus of Persia and until the reign of King Darius of Persia. And in the reign of Ahasuerus, at the start of his reign, they drew up an accusation against the inhabitants of Yehuda and Jerusalem. And in the time of Artaxerxes, Bishlam, Mithridath, Tabil, and the rest of their colleagues, they wrote to King Artaxerxes of Persia a letter written in Aramaic and translated. The Aramaic read, Rehum, the commissioner and Shimshai the scribe wrote a letter concerning Jerusalem to King Artaxerxes as follows. Then Rehum the commissioner and Shimshai the scribe and the rest of their colleagues, the judges, officials, officers and overseers, the men of Erech and of Babylon and of Susa, that is the Elamites, and other people whom the great and glorious Asnapar, deported and settled in the city of Shomron, and the rest of the province beyond the river wrote, and now this is the text of the letter which they sent to him. To King Artaxerxes, from your servants, men of the province beyond the river, and now be it known to the king that the Yehudim who came up from you to us have reached Jerusalem and are rebuilding that rebellious and wicked city. They are completing the walls and repairing the foundation. Now be it known to the king that if this city is rebuilt and the walls completed, they will not pay tribute, poll tax or land tax, and in the end, it will harm the kingdom. Now, since we eat the salt of the palace, and it is not right that we should see the king dishonored, we have written to advise the king of this so that you may search the records of your fathers and find in the records and know that this city is a rebellious city harmful to kings and states sedition has been rife in it from early times on that account this city was destroyed we advise the king that if this city is rebuilt and its walls are completed you will no longer have any portion in the province beyond the river The king sent back the following message to Rehum the commissioner and Shimshai the scribe and the rest of their colleagues who dwell in Shomron and in the rest of the province of beyond the river. Greetings. Now the letter that you wrote me has been read to me in translation. At my order a search has been made and it has been found that this city has from earliest times risen against kings and that rebellion and sedition have been rife with it. Powerful kings have ruled over Jerusalem and exercised authority over the whole province of beyond the river. And tribute, poll tax, and land tax were paid to them. Now issue an order to stop these men. This city is not to be rebuilt until I so order. Take care not to be lax in this matter, or there will be much damage and harm to the kingdom. When the text of the letter of King Artaxerxes was read before Rehum and Shimshai, the scribe, and their colleagues, they hurried to Jerusalem, to the Yehudim, and stopped them by main force. At that time, work on the house of Hashem in Jerusalem stopped and remained in abeyance until the second year of the, king, of the reign of King Darius of Persia. 1 Corinthians 2, 6-3, 4 Howbeit we, Paul and his co-workers, speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, Yet he himself is judged of no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk, and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? For while one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Psalm 28, 1-9 Unto you will I cry, O Lord my rock. Be not silent to me, lest if you be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto you, when I lift up my hands toward your holy oracle. Draw me not away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity, which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief, is in their hearts. Give them according to their deeds, and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them after the work of their hands. Render to them their desert. Because they regard not the works of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands, he shall destroy them, and not build them up. Blessed be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength, and my shield. My heart trusted in Him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song will I praise Him. The Lord is their strength, and He is the saving strength of His anointed. Save your people, and bless your inheritance. Feed them also, and lift them up forever. Proverbs 20, 24 and 25 Man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? It is a snare to the man who devours that which is holy, and after vows to make inquiry. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from the book of Ezra. And what I'm going to do is share with you an introduction to the book of Ezra and Nehemiah from the Israel Bible. Ezra and Nehemiah is the penultimate book of the Hebrew Bible. Though comprised of two smaller books, Ezra and Nehemiah were joined as they concisely discussed the same general era, the final period included in the Tanakh. While some of the recorded events occur in faraway Persia, the focus of the book is the realization of the yearning of the Jewish exiles to return to Eretz Israel. Many people associate the term Zionism only with the movement that began in the late 19th century with the Jewish emigrants who returned to the land of Israel and what became known as the first Aliyah. In truth, however, the first returnees to Zion were those who returned from the Babylonian exile in the time of Ezra and Nehemiah some 2,500 years ago in what is referred to as Shivat Zion, the return to Zion. Scholars have pointed out that the two events share similar characteristics. In both cases, the majority of exiles did not opt to return. And most of those who did come were young, driven by idealism, and without strong ties to their host countries. Indeed, history, especially Jewish history, tends to repeat itself. Seventy years before the reign of the Persian king Cyrus, Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians took control of the land of Israel, exiling the inhabitants of Yehudah and destroying Jerusalem and the Beit HaMikdash. Temple. One might have expected the Judean people to disappear in the Babylonian exile, as had happened to their brothers from the northern kingdom following the earlier exile at the hands of Assyria. But incredibly, as the prophet Jeremiah had predicted, they persisted. To assure their survival, they adopted a three step approach remember the past, live in the present, and hope for the future and within that projected future, Eretz Israel was always central. Ezra and Nehemiah begins with Cyrus's proclamation, allowing the Jews to return to Israel and rebuild the Beit HaMikdash, the temple. While some Jews did heed the call, many chose to remain in Persia, where over the years of Babylonian rule, they had become comfortable and had built a life for themselves. The returnees are met with resistance and hardship, and the construction of the temple is halted until the second year of the reign of King Darius. In response to the encouragement of the prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, construction of the Beit HaMikdash, the temple resumes and is finally completed in Darius's sixth year. A short time later, in the seventh year of King Artaxerxes, Ezra, a scribe expert in the teaching of Moses, brings a second wave of returnees to the land of Israel, with Nehemiah following thirteen years later. Ezra and Nehemiah were both reformers, but while Ezra implemented spiritual reforms, Nehemiah focused on pragmatic matters involving the country's material infrastructure. Ezra's attention turns to combating assimilation, promoting Jewish education, and reestablishing a proper system of justice. Nehemiah concentrates on physically reestablishing Jewish communities and reconstructing the fortifications of Jerusalem. Both aspects were essential for the survival of the nation. Like Nehemiah, the early twentieth century Zionists were mostly responsible for building the country physically. However, as modern-day Israel's first chief rabbi, Abraham Isaac Cook, commented, even the most mundane tasks, like plowing a field or building a home, if performed in Israel, constitute a fulfillment of the word of God. All 24 books of the Hebrew Bible relate to Eretz Israel, but this is the only one that is dedicated to the rejuvenation of the land and its people and the Torah laws. Our generation has merited seeing these words come to life before our eyes. It is therefore our privilege and obligation to study this book in order to learn and benefit from the successes and failures, core messages, and divinely inspired wisdom that relates to God's people, first attempt at resettling the land of Israel in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah. That's all I have for today. Have a blessed day and we'll see you again tomorrow. Shalom.
1: murhaka yeah, yeah.
0: don't
1: know the Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter six, twenty-four The Blessing
0: from chapter 6, 24 to 26